Good morning. Good morning to everyone out in Zoom land as well. We're in John chapter 14. We're finishing up John chapter 14 today. So please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. We'll be in the last verses, 25 through 31. Before we get to that, I just want to a paraphrase or pick out a few words that came in the context before just to kind of set set the table set the stage for how we're going to finish john 14 today jesus says let not your hearts be troubled believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms and we're not so but I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And where you know, and you know the way to where I am going. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Believe me that I am in the father and the father is in me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, <clears throat> but I do as the Father has commanded me. So that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. As I've read this passage over and over again, I keep coming back to verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Peace is a gift given to us by Jesus Christ himself. Did you catch that? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. It's a gift. This gift is the gift of true peace. Spiritual peace that we feel in the depths of our souls. Not the so-called peace that the world offers that is transient and temporary and leaves us 
right back in a stressed out and anxious state where we were before. That's what he says, not as the world gives you, do I give it to you? No, I'm giving you my peace. This is a deep soul peace that he has given to us. This peace from Jesus is deep down peace. It's the Philippians 4 peace from God that surpasses all understanding, that guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want us today to, to truly know this peace in the depths of our souls and not just know about it in our minds. You know, we all know about the peace of God intellectually in our minds. We've been reading about that in your Bibles for years, some of you, and you've been hearing it in sermons for years, some of you, most of your lives. We know about this peace intellectually. There's no lack of intellectual knowledge about the peace of God in this room. So why is it that we don't have it? Why don't we have it? That's the question I've been asking myself for a long time. Why don't I have this? I know about it. Why don't I feel it? Why don't I have it? I want us to truly know peace and experience this deep down soul peace of Jesus. This gift of peace from Jesus is the cure, it's the balm, it's the healing for our troubled and fearful hearts. As I prayed over and thought about this, I was reminded of Luke 10 and the contrast between Mary and Martha. Some of you remember that story from Luke chapter 10. Jesus entered a village. There was a woman named Martha who welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and just soaked in his teaching, just lapped it up, just sat at his feet, listening to Jesus' teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she got a little annoyed with this. She goes up to Jesus and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Jesus, come on. I'm doing all the work around here. And she's just sitting there. Help me out, Jesus. Put her in line. <clears throat> How did Jesus answer her? Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Catch those words. It's the same words from our text in John 14. You're anxious, you're troubled about many things, Martha. But one thing is needed. One thing is necessary, Martha. And Mary got it right. She's chosen the good portion, Martha. So no, I will not. Tell her to get up and serve. She understands, Mary. I want to learn from Mary here. She's chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now think about that for just a moment, what we just read, what I just spoke. Think about that. Which person in that story do you identify most with? Mary or Martha? Think about that. Think about your week last week. Were you more like a Mary or were you more like a Martha? I see myself and most of us and even our entire culture, we're like Martha, aren't we? I mean, if you're honest, most of us are like Martha. And it's interesting, you know, when I ask most people, you know, at work, even here at church or wherever I am, 
even in my family, you know, how are you doing? <clears throat> Tired and busy. That's the answer. Busy, tired. Busy, tired. Man, really. I mean, this is universal. <laughs> and I asked myself, like, man, I'm busy. You looked at my calendar right now. There are no openings for two solid weeks. People are like, man, you, the first opening you have is like the 20th of November. Yeah, that's right. Busy. can be draining. That's how we feel, isn't it? We're, we're like Martha. We just, we don't want to slow down and be quiet. Listen to God. We don't really want to be still and know that he is God for any length of time. I am preaching to myself right now as much as everyone in this room. This is just kind of our culture in America. This is kind of how we're wired. This whole be still and know things like more than 30 seconds, we're, we're, we're done. <laughs> we're very much like Martha, aren't we? We're distracted by much doing. And you know what happens from that? We, we are anxious and troubled about many, many things. Ironically enough, <clears throat> most all of it are things that we have little or absolutely no control over. And our minds are just churned about constantly. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. This anxiety and trouble and fear, they come really easily, easily to us, don't they? And they, they take root in our hearts. Have you ever noticed how easily we let go of joy and thankfulness and how tightly we hold on to stress and victimhood and anxiety? You ever thought about that? We have a thousand blessings to be joyful about, but we either don't notice them at all when, when they're happening, or when we acknowledge them, they seem to kind of fly from our hearts and minds pretty quickly. It's as if the stress and the anxiety and the fear are like these playground bullies who just kind of come in and nudge the others out of the way. And as I've been saying in my prior messages, you know, it's usually in this place where those strong negative emotions, you know, we're living in that old small self, that ego, there's not much space to live in there. And so the playground bully comes in, the fear, the anxiety, the stress, the conflict, and it's big. And it just pushes the, the love and the joy and the peace just right out of the house. just kind of like plants itself right in the middle of the couch and pushes everything else out. And you're like, wow, here I am again. What was that thing I was happy about? That, that went, flew away like a bird of wings pretty quickly. And I'm right back to holding on to the stress and the anxiety and the problems to solve and all of these things. It just that, that bully, that negative, just beat joy and just, it's almost like, beat it, joy, get out of here. <laughs> beat it, peace. No room for you in here. I run this place. I'm anxiety. I'm fear. This is my place. Beat it. <laughs> and peace and joy are like, okay, <laughs> you say so. Gone. And you know, we let it happen. We control our thoughts. We don't control what's happening out there. No. 
<laughs> you don't have any control over that. You may have this illusion of control, but you don't, you don't control it. I don't control it. I want to, but I don't. And when it doesn't go the way I think it should go, man, there, there it comes again. Fear, anxiety, trouble. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let them be fearful. Those are Jesus' words to us today. So we seem to, as I've looked at this more and I've thought about it a lot, I've even asked God, you know, why, why are we made this way, God? We seem to be made this way. It seems to be like in our, in our DNA somehow of our, our consciousness that we need a problem to hold on to and work on in our minds. Because we just can't hold on to that joy for very long. We got to let that go and work on a problem. We need a problem. I'm like, why do I always need to be solving a problem in my head? Why do I always need to be fighting with someone in my head? You, you would be freaked out if you knew what was going on up in here. I'm glad we can't read each other's minds because we'd all be freaked out. Like, where did that even come from? And why am I fighting with that? That's not even a real problem. I just seem to like need these problems and fights to work out in my head. Like there's this wrestling match or boxing match happening all the time. You know, and if you're honest, you probably have the same thing going on. This you're, you're crazy mind up here. <clears throat> we, we need a person to fix in our minds. We, we just seem to need this. Even think about it. Even Adam and Eve were not content to live in the perfect garden abiding with God. They needed a problem. We got no problems around here. Oh, there's one we can have. Sign me up for that problem. And they did it, right? So it's like, it's way back to the beginning of all of it. It's like, man, it's, there's something in our hearts and our minds that just kind of need a problem to fight with and solve and work on. And so what I'm seeing is, and especially in my own life, it's like, really not comfortable living in peace and quiet with the Holy Spirit of God. It's not a comfortable place for us to live. Because Jesus says, well, abide with me. You know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. This is my commandment that you love one another. If you Follow my commandments. I will make my home with you. I and the Father were one. We will come and we will live in you. You abide in us. We abide in you. There's unity. There's peace. There's love. There's joy. It's all the fruit of the Spirit of God. <clears throat> but for some reason, we're just not comfortable being there. We're just not. Think about how hard it is for you. And I've thought about how hard it is for me to be quiet and pray for any length of time. Five minutes feels like forever. It's so awkward and uncomfortable. Like we really just don't want to be there. We get restless. We say we love Jesus, and he's inviting us into his father's house. But we just really don't want to hang out with him. Much less dwell with him in his father's house. This isn't a criticism as much as it is just an observation. As one, and one that starts with my own life. Because if I look at my, my calendar, and Jesus says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And there's a little bit of Jesus time in there and a whole lot of everything else. Wow. Wow. We just don't want to hang out there, much less live there. So... We've seen from the text today, clearly, the peace of Jesus has been given to us. 
It's a gift. You already have it. How is it that we experience and feel this peace of Jesus in our souls and not just know about it in our minds? That's what I really wanted to get to today. And that's what I've been really, I'd say, swimming in for months now. Like, how, how does this work out in my life? How can I share what I've learned with you? Because I have no lack of knowledge about these things in my mind. Why am I not feeling it? Well, we see the answer right here in John chapter 14. It starts with believe. Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. He has not left us as orphans. He gave us his Holy Spirit to be our helper and our guide. The Holy Spirit is the one who will come alongside us and help us on our spiritual journey. <clears throat> Notice that the work of the Holy Spirit, the parakaletos, that is the one who comes alongside. It's not the one who stands over you, beating you over the head. It's the one who comes alongside the helper. So if you want the help of the helper, you've got to want the help of the helper. Does that make sense? If you don't desire it, if you don't want the help, you don't get the help. <laughs> Think about that. The spirit is the helper. He's also the one who teaches us all things. It helps us remember all that we've read and learned from reading our Bibles, reading the Word of God. The Spirit of God brings to your mind in the right moments, the right words of God that apply to right that moment the help that you need. That's why it's so important to be reading your Bible. That's the Word of God. And so the Spirit uses God's Word to bring spiritual transformation to your life in mind. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He has been given already to us. He lives within you. When you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit moves into your heart. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. We don't go to Jerusalem to worship. We worship in spirit and in truth, the Holy Spirit in our hearts. The temple is right here, right now, in you, in me. <clears throat> and he lives in you forever. These are the words we just read in John 14. He is with you forever. Jesus in the Father, you in Jesus, Jesus in you, the Holy Spirit in you, and God in you, do you see all the different ways Jesus is trying to help us understand this? He's repeating himself over and over again, chapter 13 through 17. He's, he's really driving this point home. There is a true you, your soul, that is in union with God through Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's the place he wants us to dwell. And that is where you find and experience and feel the peace of God that Jesus has given us. That's where it is. This is, is really what it means to be born again. This new creation. Like the caterpillar coming out of the cocoon and a beautiful butterfly. It's a new creation, and it's within our hearts. That old, small self is put off. It's ego and desires and sins and all those negative things. It's put off, and our true new self is in Jesus is put on. 
Now, this is all true. It's fact, and it has happened to those who believe. God's gift of peace has been given. It's not something you have to work for. It's not something you climb up to. Like a thousand steps, you know, saying a penance every step you go. It, it's not like that. But why do we want to make it like that? That's what we try to do. And Jesus is telling us here in, in these words that the Holy Spirit has been sent and lives within you by faith. God's gift of peace has been given. So how is it that we're still so troubled and anxious and don't feel and experience the peace of Jesus in our souls. How is it? How is that possible? And, and this is the part I've really been leaning into and searching this out diligently to understand more deeply. I want to understand this. Why don't we feel the peace of Jesus? And here's what I've found. <clears throat> I found that I personally, and I think many of us in this room, need to go deeper into God. We need to move past experiencing God only in our, our mind space. We need a God experience that is body, heart, and soul space also. Let me explain what I mean by this before some of you start freaking out on me. What is he talking about? We need a total spiritual transformation in our lives. What does Romans 12 tell us? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's Romans 12. Ephesians 4 tells us to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Jeremiah 31 says that our souls will be like a well-watered garden and they shall sorrow no more. See these things working together, body, soul, spirit, mind, all working together. Body, mind, and soul, all transformed and in harmony in the presence and worship of the Lord. This is what I think Jesus was really talking about when he told the woman at the well that we must worship God in spirit and in truth. We see in Romans 8, 1 Corinthians 14, Ephesians 6, the book of Jude, the author speaking of Praying not only in our minds, but also in the Holy Spirit. Now that, that sounds great, and I've read that for 40 years. But how? How do I do that? How do I get to that place? What does that look like? What does that even feel like? Well, I don't think there's a formula for it. Or steps to follow. Or a process. Or a place. Or anything like that. I'm, I'm going deeper than that. There's no end of people that'll say, okay, well, you follow these five steps. And you will be right, perfectly lined up. Holy Spirit, this is how you conjure all these things up, you know? And it's like, be at this place. And, you know, you see on the Instagram posts all the time, the little candle in the background, the Bible verses highlighted and all this stuff. It's like, oh, what a spiritual person they are. I wish I could be as spiritual as they are. You know, it's like, they even have these, like, pre-made little pictures and stuff you can, like, already post into your post. And look how spiritual you are. It's got the cross in the background and all this stuff. I'm not talking about that. That's a mask. That's a facade. That's phony. Phony baloney spirituality. 
calling it out. Talking about something much deeper than that. What happens when you go into your inner room, as Jesus said, and no one else even knows you're there. It's that place we need to get to. And I think this is going to look differently for each one of us. So I don't have a magic formula or anything like that or steps to share. But I will share some things that I've seen and understood on my own spiritual journey. So I'm going to be very vulnerable here today. So please hold back your judgments and criticisms or lack of understanding. Because we're, hey, I'm like that. I don't understand something. I start judging and criticizing it like right off the bat. It's like, I'm going to critique that really. But I'm just, I'm being vulnerable here. So be patient with me, please. <clears throat> I think Jesus practiced this kind of spirituality, and I think he showed us his way. <laughs> he often went off to lonely places to pray. Luke chapter 5 tells us that. Something about the lonely place. So it seems that quiet and solitude are, are really important to experiencing deeper communion with God. Quiet, solitude are very important. Now, that's not always easy in our crowded and loud world, is it? Not always easy in a house of 10 people, which is where I live, to find any place that's quiet and alone. <laughs> not easy. You'll need to be very intentional to find your lonely place, wherever that may be, where you can meet God. And notice Jesus didn't take his phone with him. <laughs> Man, we go anywhere without these phones for like 30 seconds. We're like, ooh, I think I left my phone on. We got to turn around again. <laughs> I can't even go for a walk without the phone. It's like, oh, I don't have my phone. Yeah, well, you live most of your life without one of those things. How'd you do that? But now it's like, I can't, ooh, I feel like my, when I was a kid, I had this little security blanket. I love that thing. It's so soft and cozy and comfortable. My phone is now like my security blanket. It's like, but that thing's gone. We're, going, we're turning around again, right? <laughs> That's what we've become with these silly phones. I was thinking about this the other day, too. Like, you know, the iPhone's only been in existence for 15 years. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> we did kind of just fine before. <laughs> I, thought, I think in a lot of ways we were better. We were a more peaceful, loving people, I think. Less anxious and maybe less stressed. But anyway, that's a diversion. So Jesus, he didn't take his phone with him. When he went to the lonely place, no, he didn't. Didn't take his phone with him. <clears throat> so turn off your devices. Our addiction to these devices is one of the chief robbers of the peace of God in our lives. Just turn them off. Now, when you find your quiet place... Be there in that place for a good length of time. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly how long. That's for between you and God. But I'm talking about a good length of time. Long enough, probably, so at first you feel pretty uncomfortable. Maybe that's 30 minutes. Maybe it's an hour. Maybe you start with five minutes. <laughs> you kind of got to work your way up to this. I'm speaking from my own experience here. So a length of time where you're sufficiently uncomfortable by how long you've been there. Because, you know, what happens? Like, you know, our anxiety kicks in. It's like, oh, I'm not being productive. I have things to do. Um, somebody might be trying to get in touch with me. Um, I better check and see if anybody texted me. Um, and wait, you just lost it. Okay. Get back there. So stay there for... Uh, a good length of time. <clears throat> and while you're in that place, make it your aim to pray. This isn't a Bible study. 
So often we're tempted, oh, I'm going to do a Bible study. There's nothing wrong with Bible studies. This is heart time I'm talking about. This is Holy Spirit time. This is the time where the Spirit's going to bring to your remembrance all that Jesus has taught us, all that God's Word has taught us. And you, you're seeking communion with God in this time through prayer, praying. So some things I like to do is I like to have instrumental piano music playing softly in the background. Kids will tell you, Dad's always up in that chair listening to that piano music. That's his place. I have my place. And I also like to light a candle. It kind of brings warmth and natural light to the room. Something about a candle that's kind of relaxing. You do what works for you. Sharing what works for me. These are specific practical things that can really make a difference in your spirit and feel. Do whatever you need to do to help you quiet your mind. Quiet your mind. And you don't have to be grown ups to do this, young people. This is for everyone in this room. Our minds are just busy, 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 busy all the time. Like, you don't have to be an adult to practice these types of things. Matter of fact, it's the, the earlier you start with these types of spiritual disciplines, the more spiritually rich your life is going to be. So don't think this message is just for the old people. This is for all of us. All of us. Some of the moms in here are like, yeah, I wish so-and-so would do this. Would do this. He needs to quiet his mind. <laughs> I need some quiet around here. <laughs> oh, man. So whatever you need to do to help you quiet your mind. Now, when you pray, I'm inviting you to change the way you pray. Often we come to God with a list of things we're telling God to do. We have our prayer list. I'm not making fun of these things. I'm not criticizing these things. These are, these are observations. I want to emphasize that again. We bring to God our prayer list. And, and that's fine. You know, Jesus said, ask whatever you will and I'll do it. Right? He wants to know these things. But I'm talking about a, a different kind of praying here. A different approach <clears throat> of quieting your mind and listening. Listening to hear that still, small voice of God that Elijah heard when he was in the cave, frightened to death, crying out to God, just kill me, God. Just end it. No one else is around who loves you, Lord. There's no reason for me to even exist anymore. Just take me away. God said, no, no, no. I always have them. I have, there's still more for you. I'm not, I'm not taking you away. It's still small boy. There was a whirlwind. There was earthquakes. There was volcanoes. There was all this stuff going on in the world. And Elijah didn't hear the voice of God in any of those things. Was in a quiet place that he heard the voice of God. Ecclesiastes tells us, Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. Oh, and how often have I been the fool's voice? I just show up and throw up all these things I need God to do. Check, 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 check. Do all this, God. Am I God? No. And, and if he did all those things, that would have been terrible. <laughs> I would have messed it up completely. But in the moment, I'm like, oh, I don't think God hears me. I, I pray, and this isn't happening. And 
what's going on? And I, I think I have faith in all these things and God's not doing it. So something must be wrong. You know, all the whole time God's like, man, if I do that, it's a disaster. So I'm talking about a different kind of prey. <clears throat> now, I find that when I'm in this lonely, quiet place and I've shut my mouth in my mind, my physical mouth, that my mind begins racing, and it's very uncomfortable at first. It's almost like I've knelt into a bee's nest, <laughs> and there's like thought over here, thought over there, thoughts going all around, you know, and this one stings a little bit, because why did that person talk to me that way? And then this other thought, so the, the thoughts just start raging in here. It's like it doesn't know how to be quiet in here. It's very uncomfortable at first. And so I used to deal with this by like trying to, like, it's like whack-a-mole. Like I was trying to beat it down. Okay, there's a thought. I'm trying to be quiet. Quiet my mind. Ooh, there's a thought. Okay, bad. I want to whack that one down. And then quiet my mind. Oh, whack that one down. Right? So it's like whack-a-mole. Just now I'm busy whacking down the thoughts. And that's, that's not where I want to be either. I didn't sign up for whack-a-mole here. I'm trying to have peace. Right? And I start thinking of all the problems I need to solve and all the arguments I need to win. Because, man, I, I win arguments. I'll just tell you. Ask my mother. She'll tell you. That boy has got to have the last word. I win arguments. So I'm arguing in my mind like, if I'm arguing with someone, I have played that argument out in my mind probably a hundred times, maybe a thousand. And I've, I'm running the scenarios. I'm like this AI algorithm that's just running arguments in my mind so that when I get to the argument, one of those thousand scenarios is going to play out and I've already got a path to victory. <laughs> so you're like, really? You're like, yes, I do that too. So I'm, I'm in this quiet place and I'm trying to be quiet. I'm trying to hear the voice of God. And then there's the argument that I need to, to win that's in, in my mind. <clears throat> I start comparing myself with other people. Like, where did that come from? Well, you know, they have more money or they, they're more healthy or what, you know, they have this or they have that. I start comparing myself with other people. I start competing with other people in my mind. Like, I got to win. I got to get that. Where I start analyzing and judging and criticizing myself and others in my mind. I start brooding over hurts and injuries suffered from others or the hardest things like tr trouble my children are going through, especially my older adult children going through. It's like, oh, it just burdens me. It consumes me. It's like... I get no peace. I get no rest. Like all of those scenarios just keep pouring through my mind. And I start, you know, creating self-justifying storylines or creating suspicious storylines in the absence of facts about others or complaining and worrying. And then the list just goes on and on. And you felt it too, I'm sure. You try to get to this place and then your mind just rages with all these negative thoughts and emotions and problems and fixings. And it's like, what? What, what happened? <laughs> so what do we do about that? And I, I've been wrestling with this for a long time. Like, I want the peace of God that Jesus gave me. It's there. It's my gift. How do I embrace the gift and, and live in that? So what I've been learning recently is I need to let go of all of that stuff. When I'm in that quiet, lonely place, let go of all of that stuff and just fall into God's love and peace. Just let go and fall into God's love and peace. I used to think it was something that I had to 
fight for or strive to attain. To work and discipline and rigor. And I found that that's not how I get there. I just need to let go and fall into it. You don't climb up to it or work up to the Holy Spirit. No. You by faith fall into the Spirit of God and feel his love, joy, and peace. You ever done one of those trust fall things? That's what I'm talking about. Some of us were afraid, like we're standing there and we're going to fall and we think, I'm going to fall forward flat on my face. You're not going to catch me. I'm going to fall backwards, right on the back of my head. No one's going to catch me. And Jesus is there the whole time. It's here. Fall into my love and joy and peace. Just fall into me. Come into my house. It's beautiful. It's spacious. There are dwelling places there for everyone who believes. Fall into it. But we're not, we, we just don't want to do that. We stand there. You don't let go and fall back. Katie reminded me of, um, like, we watch AFB a lot because it's just a great laugh. <laughs> And you ever seen like people go skydiving, you know, and they're really scared to skydive. And they're like, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it this time. And they're just standing there at the door, holding on, like fingernails scratching into the paint, you know, the, the plane. They just won't let go. And then sometimes the instructor just tackles them out the window, right? <laughs> Hold on to them. I want to make you do this. We just need to just let go. The way up is down. We simply fall into God's presence. <clears throat> so now, now, what, now what, I know that intellectually, I can't. I need to let go. Because so often I'm there and I'm just holding on to this problem, you know, that I got to fix. You know, I'm just holding on to it. And it's like, okay, I, just, I need to let go. So I need to quiet my mind so that I can lean into praying in the spirit, Ephesians 6. Now, how do I do that? So I'm going, I'm going deeper now. Right? This is still in our minds. Okay, I know these things intellectually. How do I do that? Well, it's interesting. The word for spirit in the original languages is breath or wind, or air. Do you know that? The word for spirit is breath, wind, air. There seems to be a connection between our own breathing and experiencing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So it's helpful when you want to pray in the Spirit to be mindful of your breath. We are connected, body, mind, and spirit. And when we're mindful of our breath, we can actually use our breath to quiet our minds and better focus on and experience the spirit of God. <clears throat> so what do I mean by that? Be mindful of your breath. So. What I'm saying is when you're sitting there or lying there or whatever, wherever you are, you breathe and you're mindful of your breath. You, 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 you're thinking about your breath. Breathing in. Breathing out. Breathing in. Breathing out. So you breathe and you're mindful of your breath. And as you breathe in and out, say God's word in your mind as you do. Something like this. I breathe in, I have peace. I breathe out, I have peace. 
I breathe in, I feel love. I breathe out, I feel love. Breathe in, I feel joy. Breathe out, I feel joy. Mindful of your breath. And here's one other thing that you're going to think this is hokey. <laughs> but stay with me here. As you're doing that and you're saying these things in your mind as you breathe, smile. Smile. Smile as you do this, and you will almost immediately feel relaxed and feel more light in your spirit. That's my own personal experience of this. I don't know what it is about smiling, but there is something in our being that when you're smiling, it changes how you feel. It relaxes like 70 different muscles in your face alone. Just smile. Did you know that? And you'll immediately start to feel a little bit more joyful and happy if you'll just smile. It doesn't have to be a big old toothy smile. Maybe it is. Maybe it's just, it's gonna smile. So it looks kind of like this. I'm breathing in, I feel love. I'm breathing out, I have peace. Now I know you may say, wow, that sounds really hokey. I am never gonna do that. I'll look like a fool. I thought that too at first. Like, that's really hokey. I don't know. But I can tell you I was able to put away my pride, and I'm so glad I did. Because what I just shared with you right there, that, that's a very powerful thing you can do to help you quiet your mind. Because here's what happens. When you say that in your mind as you breathe, it's like the pause button gets pressed on all the other thoughts raging. That's how you pause all of the problems that you need to fix and all of the arguments and everything else that's going on in here because there's something about our minds that we can't think about multiple things at once. We're not multi-threaded like computers are. We have single paths of thought. And so when you're saying those things, the word of God in your mind as you breathe, you are immediately... Trent, you're, you're, all those bullies are being pushed away by the peace of God, by the love of God, by the presence of God in your mind, which comes into your heart space. Try it. You'll see. As soon as you start thinking that in your mind, it's like, wow, I, I really can't think about that problem when I'm doing that. That, that's, that really is true. So breathing and smiling like this and thinking the fruit of the spirit is where I start. I want the fruit of the spirit in my life. So I'm going to just say love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control as I breathe. Wow, it's just wonderful. I don't have the words to describe it to you. You have to experience it for yourself. This is, this is more than I can say with words or just tell you in your mind. But this is an experience with God. Personal, vital, beautiful. Breathing and smiling like this just pauses all those thoughts that rage in your mind and helps you enter into that deeper space, that deeper place of communion with God. <clears throat> it helps you to Center in, it helps me to center in and focus on the Holy Spirit dwelling within me and you. Now, over time, you may not need to say the words anymore. You just learn to fall into the Spirit, interceding with groanings on your behalf to the Father. Romans 8. I didn't make this stuff up. This is in the Bible. When you pray in the Spirit, the Spirit intercedes with groanings on your behalf because you don't know how to pray. 
I don't know how to pray. But the Spirit knows. That's the kind of prayer space I want to be in. Romans 8, prayer space. Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. You know, I don't come to this place in a place of strength and pride and, hey, God, I'm glad I'm here. I got some things to tell you to do today. And you're, you're just going to love Wait till you hear this. And you don't come like that. You come in a knowing of weakness. We do not know what to pray for as we are. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Do so you want to pray in the will of God? It kind of looks like this. In this place, it's in this place, abiding in Jesus where you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It's in this place you will be in union with God and will pray according to his will for his glory and for the producing of good fruit in your life and in others. It's the place of true spiritual prayer and meditation and contemplation where you will not just know about Jesus's gift of peace, which we do know about, you will experience it and feel it in your soul. <clears throat> when you find this lonely and quiet place and experience God's presence there, you'll exclaim as Jacob did in Genesis 12, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. They set up a monument there and called the place Bethel and anointed it with oil like this is the house of God. We'll have that type of experience. And if we could spend as much time in this spiritual place as we do looking at our phones, we would be more peaceful and loving. We'd have a lot less trouble loving one another as Jesus commanded us. So it's not only for this place as I wrap things up here. But you can practice this throughout the day. When negative thoughts or emotions come to your mind, you practice this. And I tell you, it's powerful. I'm angry with this person. I, I start feeling anger. I have peace. I have joy. Patience. I have kindness. Gentleness. Suddenly, that strong negative emotion of anger and arguing and fighting just starts melting away. Why was I angry again? That's not that big of a deal. I can let go of that. So these are like mini little exercises through the day. You know it. You know what your lives are like. You get the call. You get the text. You know, Ooh, I feel the bristle. I feel the heart rate elevating. The negative emotions welling up. I have it. You have it. And you just fall into it by letting go. So brothers and sisters, let not your hearts be troubled, nor let them be fearful. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. The gift is given. The gift lives within you. Believe in Jesus today. Follow him into love, joy, and peace, abundant and full, now and forevermore. <laughs>